Good day, and welcome to episode 17 of the Aaron Wayne Podcast. Keeping it real with you guys, this is the fourth time I've recorded this introduction because each one sounded way too cheesy. I think I'm too tired to be recording this intro, but I'm going to do it anyway. In this one, I talk about Clubhouse and how podcasts and Clubhouse are connecting with our evolutionary roots of verbal communication, sitting around the fire and doing that whole thing. I'm going to I'm gonna keep this intro no matter what, no matter how this intro goes, I'm keeping it. So, and then, and then the second thing uh, I talk about in this podcast is NFTs, which are a form of uh, stuff on the internet. I'm, I'm keeping this intro, even though it's crap, I'm keeping it. NFTs, I explained it in the podcast, just listen to it. I'm too tired to keep this intro going. Here we go. Do you ever get too in your head about stuff? I started this podcast, I recorded five minutes of it, and then I would looked at the camera and I realized this framing's all off. I don't like this framing. And then I'd start recording the podcast again and then now I'm back at it and I just, I'm just gonna start. You ever get too in your head about things? Now that people are actually listening to the podcast, which I, I guess I expected, but I wasn't 100% sure if it would happen. Now that people are actually listening to the podcast, I'm like, I should probably take more time and be careful with like how I crinkle the microphone and how I set things up, but or not, I don't know. Maybe it's just interesting to see someone trying to figure out how to do these things. I don't know. But yeah, I don't know, man. I'm feeling good today. I'm grooving. I am energized. I got a lot of energy in me today. I uh, And, you know, I'm still drinking coffee, which is kind of interesting. But I just love coffee. Googly moogly. Mm. You guys are already seeing me like 10 minutes into a podcast that I just deleted, so you'll never see it. Um, it, I guess it's in the memory card. If you want to see it, I'll share it with you, but it's just kind of me complaining about the framing of my, of my podcast and how I can't get the camera and the lighting, right? I should probably create like clear routines and procedures of how to set the camera up, but I've just sort of been experimenting with it. So I haven't figured out what it is that I like yet. Tell me, just throw a comment. Tell me what you think. Tell me what you think of the framing. And, uh, people have been commenting on the audio. I had a friend of mine that I haven't heard from in 10 years hit me with a message said, Hey man, you seem real comfortable on, on the podcast, mic, which I do. I don't know why I feel so comfortable in the podcast, mic, but I do. I feel really comfortable in the podcast, mic. but yeah, man, I, uh, so I'll talk about it again. I talked about it in the last podcast, but I've been diving deeper into this clubhouse app. I didn't know that this was a thing that people were super like obsessed with. And it's, um, I got invited by a friend of mine who's not in the business world. He works for Virginia tech, uh, doing event planning. He invited me to clubhouse and I had like a month ago in, I guess, what's this? It's almost the end of February. Sometime in January, I had reserved my screen name, Aaron Wayne Yoga on Clubhouse. I had reserved my screen name, username, and they were like, yeah, we'll get back to you about that. But they like kept the name, but they wouldn't let me in. And then uh, randomly, my buddy uh, Andy just like sent me over an invite. And then I just like opened up this can of worms and I talked about it in the last podcast. So I'm not going to repeat what I said before, but you know, some of these rooms are just chaos, like absolute, like biblical level chaos of people shouting at each other and, you know, trying to do really shady business deals. Like I, I think that I heard a drug dealer, um, tell people that he was just going to cash app them some money, which is just like, I don't know. I mean, it's not my community, so I don't know what's going on there, but um, and then, you know, I hear people doing these multi-level marketing, um, the word that came to mind initially was scheme, 
but I don't want to say that because that's people's hustle. That's their business, uh, multi-level business plans where they're just like working to bring people into their, their businesses. But then I listen to a couple of other clubs and they're doing like really interesting stuff when it comes to like having, uh, I talked to a child psychiatrist, a couple of child psychiatrists, uh, on the stage, which was really cool. I talked to, I talked to Rick Doblin, who is the founder of maps, which is the multidisciplinary association for psychedelic studies. And they are like leading the charge when it comes to getting, uh, MDMA assisted psychotherapy for drug resistant PTSD. And they're showing really promising results. I think they're going into phase three trials, which means that uh, like in the next coming years, there could be MDMA assisted psychotherapy for people who suffer from PTSD, uh, that the medications aren't working. And I got to talk to that guy. I got to like ask him a couple questions, which is just like, you know, on one hand you have, you have complete chaos of people just like cash apping each other 20 bucks in like a very public way which is just peculiar. Like, I don't know. It's not my culture. I'm not, I'm not judging, but it's just like, it was startling for me to see like that. That's a thing people are doing. And then there's like really interesting conversations. Like, dude, I found this guy named Naval Ravikant. And I think that I said that right. I think it's Naval. And he is just this super brilliant speaker and he's a capitalist and he's just like unraveling these ideas that I have about capitalism. And one of the big things that I learned from him recently is that, you know, we talk about how capitalism is destroying the environment, which like on the face of it seems right. Like the extraction of minerals and the pollution of our oceans and carbon in the air, all of this seems like it's a failure of capitalism. But in reality, as he's explained it in a way for me to understand those are unrealized externalities, which means that the pro- an externality is something that um, is like a byproduct of, 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 of a practice that doesn't have a cost equated to it. And so when we don't recognize the externality of like, you know, you burn hydrocarbons, you're going to release more carbon into the atmosphere. And if there's no price attached to that, then you just do so freely such at, and much like, you know, we have, um, you know, we have, uh, corporations that have become huge by utilizing our data and biometrics and shopping habits and our search habits in a way that allows them to sort of weaponize advertising in a way that they've never done that before. And they've become extremely rich, but that's because there's an externality in that we don't we have externalized the cost of the mental health and well-being of really spe- specifically young people. As a public school teacher, I think about this: like, you know, the young people are really suffering from increased levels of anxiety, depression, and uh, all of the things that come along with that—self-harm and ostracization. Is that a word? Ostrac? They be- they've all become ostriches, and like that cost is not realized in what the corporations are making. They're they're It's like they, you know, they found oil, but they have to have, there are no considerations for as to how they burn that oil. And so they're using our data as oil and they have no responsibility for the carbon in this analogy, mental health of people. 
They have no external, the, the, it's an unrealized external cost, externalized cost. I'm jacked up on coffee today. What am I talking about? Yeah, Clubhouse, man. Clubhouse is just wild. It's crazy. I think it's going to be huge. And it's like, I do, so the invite thing, I have, um, I have friends who are, I have friends who are in the business world and like apparently people are scrambling to get invites to Clubhouse and I just got all these extra invites, no big deal, but I don't work in the business world. So it's not like, you know, someone's going to come down to my desk and be like, Hey man, do you have an invite to Clubhouse? Because normal people like me have no idea what Clubhouse is. Apparently it's just people that live in cities and have cash app and might allegedly be drug dealers. And then uh, people that are like at the, you know, at the, I don't want to say Vanguard because these people aren't necessarily innovators that are in these rooms, but like the people that are plugged in to the next big thing, I have no idea how I even, Oh, you know what I found out from Gary Vaynerchuk? I just saw him on it and I was like on YouTube. I was like, Oh, I should get on this app if he's on it. Cause he like, he hit TikTok before it popped. Um, so follow him if you're interested in like stuff that's going to pop. But, and then playing with this app more, I'm realizing like this thing is going to be huge. And so I was talking to a friend of mine who works at a startup for a social media app that utilizes uh, blockchain technology in order to create authentic, um, to, in order to create authentic recognition of who is it posting. So it's sort of like de-anonymizing things like Twitter and Instagram, which again, there's a tool, there's a use for anonymity on the internet, but then there's also like a, a use for like, you know, you should actually be who you say you are uh, on the internet so that you're, you know, if, if you create negative social equity, you're held responsible for that. Um, you are, so that's the point. And so I'm talking to this friend who has, uh, works at this company that runs this and is doing the startup for this app. And um, I was showing him clubhouse and the conversation was in the conversation with him. I realized like, no, this app is like the meta app because you go through it, you scroll through it and your other social media stuff is linked to it. And if anybody out there has ever tried to gain people uh, to gain followers in an authentic way, not like a uh, grow your Instagram audience by 25% in three hours. If you've ever tried to like actually create a community of people that are interested in what you're saying, almost everything you do on Instagram and Twitter seems like a scam. Like if you're, if you are following a certain hashtag on Instagram and you know, say it's, say it's yoga or hot yoga. I teach hot yoga. If I'm following a, a hashtag for hot yoga and I see somebody do a really cool movement, like, and I comment on it, it sort of feels like, Hey man, I didn't invite you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like you're not necessarily invited to the conversation just because there's a hashtag. And so it's like, well, who's this guy commenting on my post of me doing hot yoga or, you know, if I'm out hiking or, you know, my wife and I travel in a van, so it could be like van life stuff. So if I'm commenting on this stuff, all of those people that if they have a high profile, they realize that, oh, these people are just trying to play tricks in order to get me to follow them. If they have a, um, if they don't have a lot of followers, then they're like, who is this weirdo posting on my stuff? And so everything seems like a scam when it comes to Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. It seems like someone's, they're just, it, it's not people trying to genuinely engage with what content is being given. It's people trying to like build a brand, whatever that means. The thing that's interesting about the utilization of voice-based platforms, be it podcasts or clubhouse, is that you can't pretend 
without people figuring out that you're pretending. And so, you know, if you, if you're interested in this podcast and you're listening to it, it's because it's an authentic representation of me on a Tuesday at 4 PM before I go on a walk with my wife and then teach yoga in the evening after having taught a day at school. So like, this is an accurate representation of my thoughts, how I'm living, how I'm doing it. If you're into it, click subscribe, holla at your boy. If you're not, then you're probably still not listening, right? And so this is an accurate representation of who I am in real time. And you can't hide it because you're speaking. It's coming out of your mouth and people can read tone. And this is how we learned and evolved to live and work. Everything else is just learned. Everything else is like like language. We didn't evolve to, to read. That's a learned human behavior. That's a human invention. It's a piece of technology. But we did evolve to be able to communicate verbally and to be able to tell stories and to be able to share ideas. This is all normal and natural and part of our human evolution. And so with a, another voice-based app, other than podcasting, Clubhouse, you find yourself in a space where you are talking with people and you're understanding dynamics in a different way. Like, is it my turn to speak? Is it not my turn to speak? Have I been speaking for too long? Or is my question imprecise? Or is this a place where the people on stage aren't looking for my feedback and would just like for me to listen? Or are people on the stage best utilized if they have someone supporting them with questions, comments, and thoughts? It's super interesting. And so the big takeaway for me when it comes to voice-based mediums is that you can't hide. You can't hide your BS. Like you are who you are and the way that you share who you are, you can't put a filter on it. You can't, you know, you can't take 40 minutes to write a caption. It's like here, the, the thing I spend the least amount of time on for this podcast is writing captions and like descriptions. Like I have my iPad right here. And I got a couple notes, but really it's about speaking and trying to do so clearly in a way that's engaging and also enriching for me in order to understand what it is that's inside my head, because that's the best way I learn is through speech. And so the big takeaway is that you can't hide. You can't hide behind filters. You can't hide behind someone writing your copy for you on a, on a post. You can't use clever tricks and tools. And then the second thing is that we evolved to hear voices and to listen to people and to talk to people. And it is going to blow up the space, this clubhouse app. It is going to explode. Mark my words. But then if I'm wrong, just forget that I, you marked them. Just unmark those words. It's going to explode, man. I'm telling you. It's the meta app because you link your uh, Twitter and Instagram to it. And then you go and hopefully you say something interesting. Maybe you don't, but maybe you do. If you say something interesting, then people are like, oh, who's this Aaron guy? Like, what's he up to? They look at my bio and then like, oh, let's check out his Instagram. Um, and then it just, it blows up from there because you're giving them a genuine, authentic human experience before you like throw a business card in their face, which is effectively what all of our social media is. So it's like, here I am, I'm a human. Are you a human? Here, let's talk about some things. Let's have a human relationship with one another. If you're still interested, I got some stuff that we can stay in touch with. I have some communications, some online social media communications that you can keep in touch with me on. It's super interesting. It's going to blow up, man. It's the meta app. It's the it's one app to rule them all. All of the shortcomings that the other apps have, um, this one 
is going to connect all of them together. I'm going to sip my coffee. A shortcoming of it is that you can't put links in there, but it also might be a genius thing of it because then people would put their like 30 day to genius millionaire programs in it and they would just throw links, but I can't put my website in there, AaronWinyoga.com. I would like to just like have a link to my website because that's where I house everything. That's where like, that's like my home for all of the stuff that I like to build. And here's the question, you know, my wife asked me cause I was obsessed, man. I like, I've, I gained like a couple hundred people that were, had no idea who I was until I started using the app. So it's a hundred, like a couple hundred brand new people in like five or six days. And like, that doesn't seem like a lot, like, and I don't have a big Instagram either, but like, I know those people in the Instagram. Like I have very few people who just like discovered me and were like, I'm into what this guy's doing. And so I think the interesting thing about, so my wife asked me, why do you want, why are you excited that people are following you on, on clubhouse? And my answer was like, I'm not selling anything. You know, like the, my side business of teaching yoga through my LLC is like, it's human to human. Like I don't really, I have like a digital product to sell to people. So like I don't really have right now on the face of it, any motivating factor to create like an audience of people. So her asking me that question made me think, and I was pondering and I I was thinking like, I, I want to have a voice. I think that's what it is. And so I want to have a voice in a community that values the things that I'm thinking about and the things that I have to say. And I think so often we find ourselves in communities that we feel like we have to contort ourselves in order to fit into those communities. And what I'm looking to do is to be authentically myself and to filter my way through all of the people who aren't interested in that. So that the people that are left are actually like, yo, that's my guy. Like, I'm into what he's up to. I'm into what he's doing. Um, And not because I have a sense of ego, but because I have a sense of place within myself that I feel as if I should be able to find that place within myself in the world. I should be able to find my place in the world by being who I am and understanding the place within me that feels like me and allowing myself to express that authentically without trying to sell people stuff, without trying to like trick people to be in on Aaron, but just to be Aaron as fully as I can be him and let the chips fall where they may. That's my thoughts. I don't know, man. I got a bunch of other stuff that I was supposed to talk about, but I don't know if I'm going to get to it. I think I kept this at like a 30 minute podcast. We're already about 20 minutes in. Another thing I've been experimenting with is, so I've like, I've built these routines and these practices and these like, how, how do I do this in a way that's sustainable and I can keep the momentum going. And I think a big part of it is scheduling, but then also a big part of it is like doing the podcast once a week and then breaking it apart so that it distributes out in different ways throughout the week. So, um, like on different social media platforms. And again, why am I doing this? I'm doing this because I want to have a voice and I want my voice to be heard by people who want to hear my voice instead of trying to trick people to listen to something that I have to say. But I've just been on some other stuff, man. I, uh, what else I got? So I started, 
researching NFTs. I don't know if you know what an NFT is, but if you didn't understand Bitcoin, you're really not going to understand NFTs. <laughs> so an NFT. So am I going to explain Bitcoin to you? I definitely like, I, I think I said this in a previous podcast. I like to talk about these things. I like to think about these things, but I am not the guy. If you want to understand crypto and you want to understand NFTs, uh, just listen to somebody else. I can guide you to uh, a dozen other people who are more well-equipped to express these ideas and to explore them than I am. But as a form of learning, I'm going to express what I know. So NFT, so I mean, blockchain technology, any, any sort of blockchain is just an open public book that people can look at that shows transactions through time so that you can inevitably trace back ownership from its origin. So if I have this coffee mug full of this delicious coffee and then I sell this coffee mug to my friend Steven and then he sells it to his friend Zach and it sells it to his friend um, Griselda who sells it to an offshore bank account in Panama the blockchain, any sort of blockchain, people say the blockchain, and what they mean is the idea of blockchains. Any blockchain is just a public record of the transactions that go through. So just like your bank account has a, transa a transaction record, it's a ledger, that's what blockchains do. Okay, so when it comes to Bitcoin, all that is, is Bitcoin is a, t so the Bitcoin white paper talks about using um, blockchain technology to track stores of value over the network, the public ledger, or excuse me, over the, over the ledger. And then the network of computers that are integrated together, check the ledger to make sure that nobody's messing it up and trying to cheat. So it's like impossible to cheat the system because all of these independent nodes throughout the network are always checking that same public ledger. And the, Network is also mining new Bitcoins into existence through solving a very complicated math problem. I didn't plan on explaining what Bitcoin is, and that was probably a very C-plus answer to what Bitcoin is. What I really want to talk about was NFTs, non-fungible tokens. And my friend Steven explained this perfectly, which is I was over at his house, and we were talking about NFTs, and he said an NFT is like this meditation cushion. So I don't have a meditation cushion, but I have a balance disc. So if you're watching the video, I've got this lovely little blue balance disc that I use in my classroom. But then the kids started jumping on it, trying to pop it. And I said, no more kids is coming home with Papa. I don't call myself Papa in the classroom. It's very strange if I did that. If I were to take this and remove parts of it, it would no longer be what it is. So a non-fungible token, an NFT, is effectively that. It is a piece of digital matter that if you were to remove any pieces of it, it would no longer be that digital matter, which through that creation creates the idea of scarcity. Because if an artist, a painter, so this is a common space. There's a lot of different apps. What are the apps? Let me look here. I pulled up a couple of like websites and ideas. So there's a website called Rarible. There's a website that I was researching called Nifty Gateway, which sells a lot of different like forms of digital art. 
and there it requires a little bit of sophistication when it comes to crypto like you have to understand crypto before you can get into nfts because most of those are the transactions take place in the ethereum blockchain which is like a whole nother conversation but it so it's like bitcoin but not bitcoin and if you want to get an nft you have to have like a, a, a like a like a like me like a c plus understanding of this of this sort of thing and so you go to nifty gateway and you see all of these some of them are very strange like it's like this memification of art and there's all these little pieces of art that people are trading and they're they will make say I saw this one, it was like this frog in the woods and someone minted 500 of them and they're gonna drop those. And again, each of these 500 minted pictures of a frog in the woods, they are NFTs, which means that they have a unique code associated with them that can't be broken. Otherwise it would be like, it would destroy the product of those 500 minted pictures. And again, like I'm not the guy, if you're looking for a definition of all this stuff, do more research because I'm regurgitating stuff that I've learned and I might not have learned it very clearly. But on these drops, they have um, a sale of these things. An artist sells these pictures of their 500 frog pictures for whatever price. And then over time, because there's scarcity, the price of those things increase. And so here are my questions. Who cares about this frog in the woods? Do you know what I mean? Like just because something is scarce doesn't mean it is valuable or does it? I don't know. I know that like, you know, you classic economics, supply and demand. If you have more of a demand than you do supply, like that's what creates price. But then, you know, you could make anything like anything could be considered rare if you're just making it at random. So if, so I just don't understand. I, that's the problem I'm trying to solve for myself is like just because something is scarce doesn't mean that it's valuable. But here's a place where these NFTs are really coming into play is the NBA. So the NBA has a licensing agreement with a company called Top Shot. And I might be getting that wrong. It might be a different company, but they might be um, like branding themselves at Top Shot. In fact, I think it is a different company. It's like something with a D. NBA has collaborated with some company that starts with a D in order to create a, another company, which is called Top Shot. And so what Top Shot is, is they do these high quality recordings of different events in a basketball game. So I saw one today, I just started playing around with this website today of, I have no nothing about sports, but there I watched um, nothing about current sports. I understand games, I understand football and I understand basketball fairly well. Like I could probably coach football if I needed to, but I don't keep up with it, right? Um, but so at the, you know, in the last four seconds of a game, some player who I have no idea who he is, um, inbounds the ball to another player and he cuts through the defense and dunks the ball and when they win the game by a point. And so a recording of that attached to the NFT structure, which again, I don't understand the tech of this clearly attaching those two things together and then dropping like 50 copies of this has in effect created the next level of digital sports cards. And so a friend of mine collects Pokemon cards, which are these like, you know, you know what a Pokemon card is. And growing up, I used to collect um, Topps baseball cards. And, and I never know what happened to those things. Someone in my family probably hocked them. 
Oh boy. But effectively what NFTs are doing is creating these online forms of baseball cards and the prices for these things are insane. Like some of these things are selling for tens of thousands of dollars and they drop um, like a sneaker drop. It's like, it's like people trying to buy sneakers and you know, you buy them for 600 bucks and then they sell for $14,000 or whatever. It's bananas. It's crazy. That's the NFT marketplace as I understand it. I'm probably going to buy my first NFT sometime soon. I just want to keep my eyes on the market and see what they're doing and what it looks like to actually possess one. A lot of uh, a lot of crypto wallets now have like currency and collectibles. And I think you keep your collectibles in the same wallet that you would keep like your ether or your, you know, whatever the crypto that you have in your wallet. But what I can't figure out is if I have on my wallet, and this is a a question for some of my friends that understand crypto better than me. If I have crypto in my wallet, or if I have a NFT in my wallet, all it is is a string of code. And so like, like where, like where's the NFT reader? Do you know what I mean? Like how is that I actually access the NFT or is it not about accessing the NFT and just like creating something that's inherently rare, but also in high demand in order to create profit on purchasing. And if that's the case, then like, what are we doing? Like we're just selling, we're selling fake things because somebody wants that fake thing. That's just so crazy. But I guess if you think about it, you know, you've all know Harari talks about how there's a quote from him. He says, you know, CEOs believe very deeply that LLCs are real things, but in reality, all these things are just fictions that we've created in order to create transactions between one another. What am I even talking about? We're coming up on 30 minutes. I'm going to wrap this guys. I hope you guys had fun on this one. Clubhouse voice NFTs. We hit some bangers today. If you're, I don't know. I'll do the outro later. I'll see you guys later. Peace. There it is, guys. Highly caffeinated and tangentially related. That should be the name of my podcast, not Aaron Wayne Yoga Podcast. But uh, follow along on Instagram at Aaron Wayne Yoga. Shoot me an email at hello at Aaron Wayne Yoga. Follow the YouTube channel. I'm putting up uh, clips and uh, yoga practices as well as um, breath work and a bunch of other stuff. So stay tuned and we'll see you on the next one.